Welcome to the premiere episode of Office Magazine's podcast. I'm Sam Niyami. It's snowing in New York. The days are spent treating the streets as a runway, donning the latest rendition of the New York Black Puffer, from thrifted Uniqlo to Moose Knuckle Telfar. At night, bars are filled with fashion kids trying to make their Uber ride home worth it by scheming a free nightcap in the East Village. We're less than a month away from February Fall Winter Fashion Week, so to help you warm up, we're walking you back to September 2021 for the spring-summer collections. To the outsider, Fashion Week is like the World Fair of Glamour. On the runway, designers present the future and creatives from all fields come together to watch in awe. For me, it meant that wherever you are in the world, there's nowhere else you'd want to be for the first couple weeks of September than New York City. As a kid, I dreamed of being one of those early 20s types who gets to run around from event to event, party to party, rubbing shoulders with celebrities as well as all the other New York scene kids who know the ins and outs, back doors, and side alleys of downtown Manhattan. So for this podcast, I recruited someone I believe to be an icon of downtown New York culture, a creative genius and debutante of the Lower East Side fashion scene, Megan Yates, known on the internet as Meg Superstar Princess. This story is not going to be about how beautiful the shows are or how insane the parties are. This episode is made for people like me and Meg, kids who dreamed of becoming New York insiders. Office podcast listeners, same moi, Meg Superstar Princess, sometimes party girl, constant fashion plate, and author of the blog, Le Hipster Portal. Here's Lydia. I'm no major fashion insider, but I'm not a total outsider either. I've been living in New York City and working in fashion for about six years. Every September and every February of every year, Fashion Week takes over the city. When I first hit the scene, I crashed anything and everything, like I just showed up. Over the years, I've walked a runway here and there, I've scammed my way into loads of parties, but this year is different. This year, I have an official Fashion Week assignment to go to every show and every party I can possibly get an invitation to and report it all back to you, my chic little listeners. Fashion is anything but PC. So while we try to bleep a bit, you are going to hear a lot of swearing, a decent amount of sexually explicit content, a pinch of rabid threats, and unfortunately, some actual violence. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. So, we begin day one of New York City Fashion Week. 
the runways are showing spring summer 2022 collections. I'm a bit of a mess. I'm running uptown from downtown. Batteries are spilling out of my Chanel bag. I'm trying to pin on my vintage hat and I'm sweating through my leather outfit. I run to the first show on the calendar I've scored an invite to. Saint Sintra, a poppy brand headed by my old classmate. Since I'm a rookie reporter, I start talking to some editors. My name is Bryson and I'm an editor for Hypebeast. Jameson Montgomery, I'm at T Magazine. Audrey, I'm doing some coverage for Checkout Magazine. Goots, I run a newspaper called The Drunken Canal. The first day of Fashion Week is a lot like the first day of school. Everybody is trying very hard. A shirt from Target that says Dad's Little Dude. A repurposed denim skirt made out of jeans that's like completely asymmetrical, tailored to my big, fat, juicy ass. My outfit is simple. A white t-shirt with Madonna's erotica cover on the front and a pair of bootcut vintage white Levi's bell-bottoms. A thrifted outfit, uh, very all-American. I get my first big scoop from Joseph, the casting director of the St. Sintra show. I was one and I did not get casted. A little bit awkward, so let me just put you on the spot. What didn't I have? You know, designers are always looking, this is actually really great to bring up because everyone goes to castings these days and they want to be like a model, right? Fine, model I wasn't but I still have an invite to the after party. It's being hosted in conjunction with the Drunken Canal, a downtown indie newspaper that's sort of a hipster success story in New York City right now. The crowd when I arrive is kind of like tragic male models who turned up early because it's their first fashion week and don't know that parties aren't supposed to start at 9 p.m. And I'm standing behind them and like there's sort of an arrival of editors, models, the actual crowd as well as the Drunken Canals pole, which is sort of a reverent literary scene, dudes. They're not wearing Chelsea boots, but they're kind of hipster douchey. They've made the long walk all the way from Canal in Essex up to Avenue A and 11th Street. Um, there's this really beautiful sheer curtain that is kind of hypnotic. Um, beautiful blue disco lights sort of dancing through it. A bit of a crowd, quite mixy. The mix, for sure. Who's the mix? Pretty much anybody whose job title sounds like bullshit. A personal fave from the mix, though, is Perla Hanny Jardine, a really good friend of mine, vintage collector, and art student at the Cooper Union. I ask her how she feels about the crowd. Sparse, but not in a way that's like a real bummer. Sparse in a way that makes me feel better about going inside. It's important that we ask Perla about her outfit. She's always impeccably dressed. I am wearing a pair of like these little pointed toe white oxfords. I love those. <laughs> and there is a pair of like 60s spats over them. And I've got- What are spats? Spats, okay, so spats are like those really old school boot covers that buckle around the bottom of the shoe. Um, I'm wearing like a bodycon dress by Liza Bruce. It's navy with no back. Who is Liza Bruce? I don't know. <laughs> and then I was wearing this crazy fucking Victorian jacket that I just got. But Which is so sick. It's too hot. I keep like dressing aspirationally thinking it'll be colder than it is and I'm always so fucking sweaty. Agree. The few Fashion Week outfits I had in mind were all including fur, which was a very much wishful, wishful thinking. Blah, blah, blah. Enough about me. Back to Fashion Week. 
Nothing gets me excited about fashion week. In the fashion industry, complaining is the spice of life. And this is a drunken canal party, so the crowd's nothing if not jaded. But it's not all doom and gloom. At least, it's not only doom and gloom. Enter Montana James Thomas to the mix. Um, if Fashion Week had its smell, it would be the smell of ink. Ink is the uh, savior of life. For all of the faggots out there who understand what it's like to grow up smelling fashion magazines like a like a, almost like a king. Montana may sound eccentric and Def thinks of themselves as an outsider, but in this crowd, they honestly fit right in. This isn't actually going to be on the radio, so we aren't required to censor what follows, but in the interest of maintaining any decency in this podcast, you're going to hear a lot of bleeps. It kind of smells like a boy smells Hinoki candle, and I'm a little bit wanting to kill myself over it. The dirty f- sort of f- of being a horse girl and if that's not who you're being this spring i do believe you should yourself bear with us peeps montana's actually a scent expert they have a podcast called top notes all about fragrances and their unique point of view azealia banks is the only person from new york who has made music that represents new york since literally 1992, Google it. I'm not going to explain it yourself. I tried to look it up, couldn't find anything. Delia Banks being C-Punk. She looked me in the eye, she scared me, and she said, if you ain't f***ing this c- you ain't doing sh- Honestly, I love Meg, and I want to, like, we're going to at some time. No, never. Anyway... If Montana and I had sex, we'd both just get naked and, like, stand there waiting for the other one to start. I'm a widow baby in a big t-shirt, and I have a little crown that my mommy gave me because she's an alcoholic. And mostly, uh, my sneakers are ready to run from not just the authorities, but the big old cock that's going say, hey, bitch, remember when I let you piss stop, on me? Stop, I'm gonna stop. kill you. Okay, let's reel it in. Dean and DeLuca, God rest their soul, who made the early 2000s. It's true. Dean and DeLuca was the Barneys of Soho lunch spots. I'm very rich. And what are you gonna do about that? I'm gonna myself, and I'm gonna film it, and I'm gonna send it to my family, and they're gonna watch it, and they're gonna cry during Christmas, because it's their Christmas present. Montana, don't. Meg is blending perfectly into her surrounding, which is like a rusty gray that has like unfortunate pill-shaped sort of like cutouts made to keep people out. Nope, never mind. Do it, bitch. Breaking the story, Kylie Jenner is pregnant again. Does she have a big fat baby ready to come out her tiny little Oh my. Okay, so a baby's coming out of Kylie, and guess what's going into me? I am eating a chicken tender. Listen. Wait, I want some. Montana has some. Obvi, we need to switch gears. I have a conversation that I've had a million times with a million artists. I'm starting out, yeah, I want people to have it. I want it to be accessible, like, either way, but it's just, like, impossible. We need to get you a trunk cell on the Upper East Side for, like, you need to be, we need to, like, meet somebody with those hoity-tighty ladies. Because that's the thing, it's like all your broke artist friends aren't being paid for their art so they can't buy yours. Yeah, and they're, like, they have no idea how much their stuff would be priced at, so they just think it would be the same. That's Gemma Hunt, a jewelry designer. 
I get some more complaints from some new friends, Amanda and Justin, who are fresh off the London scene and taking NYC FW in for the first time. Um, Fashion Week, well, we love the dumpster fire that New York already is, and I think Fashion Week just fuels the flame. I really like clothes. I think I'm looking at Ella M. Pop. We are diplomatic. I wonder which designer-clad, ketamine-bumping, mullet-wearing party-goer was really a secret service op. Back to Amanda and Justin. I ask what city has more steez. I think London, it's a little more British. Well, fucking obviously, bitch. I ask what city is sexier. Americans are the biggest sluts in the world investing to Europe and getting stereotyped as a slutty American girl. Guilty. The men think you're so easy there. And you know what? It's true. I am. I think it goes back to the fact that they just wear, like, physically more clothes in, in London. And all of it together is working for them. They wear far more clothes. They have layers. Even in summer, they have layers. New York Fashion Week is more lit. New York Fashion Week. Okay, do you want to get laid at New York City Fashion Week or London Fashion Week? You'll probably have better sex in London. That's a really hard one. Why? Why do you have better sex in London than New York? Europeans are so romantic. They'll do a lot of foreplay. I don't think you're going you're to have good sex on Fashion Week at all. <laughs> I don't think any fashion you're going to have good sex. What are the slutty Americans wearing at this party? And I'm wearing a thong. Then I'm wearing booty shorts that say lifeguard on the back. And then I'm wearing a tight shirt that says I heart sex. David Bowie took a time capsule to 2087 and had sex with a cyborg. And then I'm that baby cyborg David Bowie situation. A tie that my boss gave to me that they just told me they bought when they were on mushrooms in high school. Ugh, I love drugs. And for some reason, I keep trying to convince everyone that they need to try DMT tonight. Really enjoyed DMT. I really, really enjoyed DMT. So I would, but I don't love acids. I would love if when you die, it's like a DMT and then nothing. That would make me feel great. But I also love like being spiritual, Namaste vibes. So I think I would like, to, I would enjoy reincarnate, reincarnation. I would be happy for that. When I did DMT, I saw like, I was like in such a cute little Eskimo Legoland. It was amazeballs. So I'm super down for that for eternity. What do you think happens when you die? I really don't know. I used to be really scared of dying and now I have like no thoughts about dying. I actually don't think about it at all. I grew up really Catholic. Like, that's why I have mad Catholic guilt sexually. Sorry, boy. You're probably a good fuck for it. Yeah, I am. I don't think anyone's on DMT tonight, but they're definitely not sober. That could be the cause of the bathroom line traffic jam that's in full force by 12 a.m. This reporter is in a very long bathroom line and it's not looking good. Everyone keeps walking by me and winking, but I am not doing drugs tonight. I am just in line. I'm really not. I'm on the beat. I head back outside for more cigs and a chat with a fellow member of the press, a fashion photographer. I ask him what's the craziest thing he's seen in his line of work. There was someone quite large who got kicked in the arse by one of the designers because she wasn't getting changed quickly enough. Aww. Said stop your C word and then walked out of the show. Did everyone freak out or was it like business as usual? Everyone's jaw was on the floor. It's totally normal to get shoved onto the runway, but getting a kick in the arse and missing the catwalk, that's effed. What does Scotland smell like? Heather and Whetstone. What does New York City Fashion Week smell like? Trash and gin. 
Let me call our scent correspondent back in. Wait, what's my sign, <laughs> Interesting, that's Close. my rising. Ah, I thought so. Yeah, but, but my sun sign is Leo. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll still take your load. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Montana. Moving on, I chat up a writer type about what writers know best. Drinking. Dirty vodka martini. What are you mid with? Mm, spicy margarita, tequila soda. The fun ones. The sugary fun ones. What do you end with? Fernet and soda. Another thing I love about New York, almost everyone drinks too much. I check in with Perla, who doesn't seem drunk enough. I feel like I have like a, ca a spell of boredom cast upon me. Saving Ma from all this boredom is Jack, a friends plus one. Do you think there's a real opportunity for fashion to be punk? Yes. Can fashion be punk when we're always selling something? No. Fashion gets a bad rap for being all about money. At least you get to wear what you buy. Have you guys heard about the art world? Fucking art world is fucking selling paintings to house in fucking Saudi Arabia or Dubai to in accumulate wealth. Art is a bank. Fashion is f is Zara. What country do you think buys the most broken bags worldwide? Saudi Arabia. That's probably correct. Let's get it. Oil money. Oil money is where fashion is at. Let's go. I mean, we know we've seen some major fashion labels destroy their reputations in Asia, which is proving to be the most important luxury market in the world these days. Have you followed the Dolce & Gabbana story in China? I have. If you had, could give any advice to like the Gabbana, Dolce & Gabbana, what would you tell them? Bring in an Asian designer. That is really good advice. Hey, Asian people, cut the check. Cut the check and get off Twitter, girl. I end the night with a game instead of a nightcap. It's, the game is called What's Chicer? Ready? Yeah. Jeweling or smoking? What's Chicer? Smoking, of course. Berlin or Bushwick? What's Chicer? Mm, that's a hard one. Berlin is so over that I would just say Bushwick because... LA or New York? What's Chicer? New York, for sure. Telfar or Vaquero, what's Sheikar? Mmm. Mmm. Well, Telfar brought itself into the ground, so... I would say Telfar, but, like, it's over now, so... Haters make you famous. Cocaine or ketamine, what's Sheikar? Cocaine. Sorry. Being a model or being a DJ, what's Sheikar? Neither. College or internship? N not, no, ni neither. Neither. Paying neither. job. Paying job. Paying job, yeah. Okay, what's Sheikar? Um, being a punk or being a socialite? Socialite. What's your Times Square or Dime Square? Times Square. What's your being a list bot or a chill plus one? Plus one. What's your faux fur or real fur? Real fur, 100%. I always. agree. Always, 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 always. They're all lying when yeah. they say fucking yeah. otherwise. Yeah, They're too afraid. Yeah. Too and it's like uh, anyone, anyone we know is not going to be They're like buying. Lying. And also like anybody that we know wearing real fur is not like banging off the rack. So. L train vintage. Yeah. Kid. So like it's not like you killed a fucking animal. So like. It's vintage. You have no blood in the game. So. Real fur is more polluting to the environment exactly. than real exactly. fur is if you buy it used. Exactly. So, you Did you see what? like the huge also, like. There's a lot of bears in Russia. Did so. you see the huge fucking like dramatic thing that I like the fight that Ray and I got in? No, wait, you got in a fight? Oh my god. It went viral on the internet. Wait, can you tell me? It went viral on the internet. We got that tape. Yeah, you don't care because it's not you. Why do you think you're so important? I don't think why I'm so important. Why are you wasting why your breath an animal talking to me? You're a miserable person. He needs to be confronted. You need to be confronted. Why do you, you need to so special? You need to die. I need to die? Yeah. You need to die. 
to fucking die. Okay. Because all you're doing is supporting animal abuse. Okay. You think you're so damn special? I just you think you're better than everybody? I bought this at a thrift store. I didn't yeah, kill this animal. Fuck off. I've known Elena for years now. Her talent is undeniable, and it's the only show to be at at 3 in the afternoon in New York City. Yep, it's 3 p.m. on Wednesday, the second day of Fashion Week, and I'm trapped in a horde of overdressed kids on Broom Street, where the LES, Chinatown, and Soho meet. Elena Velez, a Central St. Martin's graduate, is presenting a collection in New York for the first time. Basically, the styling process starts within the design process. This is Joe Van O, Elena's stylist. They explain why there's models in 3D printed boots and trapped inside of giant metal cages inside the space. It's because each look and even down to the casting is so specific. It really comes into like a larger storytelling about voices and women and then also just like the natural deterioration of those characters at large. So when we're styling, it's all about thinking the ways that these clothes are kind of like like emphasizing them, clinging to them, dragging them down, which is why we have such a dichotomy of harsh and soft elements all at once, because the real root of all the work is the deterioration of the body and the world around it. Joe just means the work of this specific show. Not all styling is about women deteriorating. Elena Velez is a distinct experience. So you walk in the room, it's somewhere between a 1950s atelier and a completely trashed construction site. It like lar like huge paint drapes in like a curtain style. And then in the center of the room are lots of plastered plinths that create like a series of blocks and towers where the models are positioned. Okay, so we got models in the air. How's everyone on the ground looking? I feel like every every creative head of a show has the right to completely flex. There were a lot of people dressed gorgeously. I would definitely say I like my outfit, but I can't lie to you. And I have to say that I did pull it out of the dirty clothes pile in the morning. Trashin', dirty garbage. For the non-heroin chic inclined, we got some other tips. I feel like you should have your own authentic like image and brand so that way when people see you they recognize you immediately but also within that try whatever you want so that way at the end of the day it's still you and it's still like people are gonna be inspired by that how's their week been very hectic oh my god like it was my first time ever working a show at fashion week all the stories are true it's as crazy as they all say it just is. as i'm leaving the show i see sophia lamar i literally chase her down the block for an interview why she's a new york city legend she knows everyone, has done everything. She's a party girl, an actress, and in my opinion, actually the coolest person in the city. After, in the last 15 years, it got really, really, really bad because, you know, there's more and more people and fashion becoming really mainstream. So everybody knows about Fashion Week and you can see the most really people that you never expecting talk about like oh it's fashion week you know i'm doing a fashion week party and now you have like dive bars to have a fashion week drink it's special so it becomes so like mainstream that in the last 15 years become really really bad but hey you know what it's gonna be really really bad and then and then it's gonna be really really good again i don't know Is Sophia right? Are we living in the Fashion Week dark ages? 
Maybe. Considering the next show on my agenda is for the fast fashion giant. Pretty little thing. I'm headed to the least chic place in New York, Times Square, to talk to the least chic people on earth. Influencers. You standing here with legend already made, legendary street style savant, aka the black Willy Wonka. Ow. Okay, so guys, right now I'm rocking a Versailles ruffle on my neck with a Dior belt collar. I got the Gucci fit right from bottom to the top, blue Gucci suit. So think about that. I got a blue Gucci suit on with. So the, good. They forgot I got the pink overalls too. Pink overall, Gucci overalls with the Gucci socks with the two different color Doc Martens. And the hat. And the Gucci top hat from head to toe, baby. And the mascot. And the, oh, you see she's. And the cane. And the Louis V cane it's by Taisha Renee. Like, it's, it's going crazy, man. I wait behind long velvet ropes, have my name triple checked by an iPad lady, walk through a hot pink graffiti colored subway turnstile, and enter what can best be described as a government building bat mitzvahfied. There's a sea of crisply dressed LA people and a huge banner that reads the name of the event. Pretty Little Thing x Tiana Taylor. She's A-list or at least A-minus, but the crowd's giving F. TJ Adams from Wu-Tang Clan. I don't give a fuck about influencer fashion. Man, this party is really turned right now. Shout out to Tiana Taylor. Shout out to all the models. Shout out to Office Magazine. Shout out to Wu-Tang Clan. Season two just dropped. It's up. That's an actor from the Wu-Tang Clan TV show, not a real member. The actual celebs in attendance are like B-list internet stars, food god, the Barstool sports douchebag, TikTok rappers, and Joe Budden, who says, and I quote, hell no, to an interview with me. I down a free cocktail and start asking Instagram baddies about their style. Hot, sexy, chic, and a little bit conceited. I meet a sexy Christian influencer and interview her stylist. So what was the styling process for this amazing outfit? Uh, honestly, it was easy, simple, and clean. And 48 hours into Fashion Week in New York City, how's this stylist feeling? Exhausted, exhausted, exhausted. You can't get anywhere within an hour. They should probably try this subway. Monogamy or an open relationship? What's she got? Open relationship. Monogamy. Okay, well, an influencer in a really cute bubble dress walks by, so I start talking to her. I try not to read the comments, I kind of just try to remember who I am and not let other people tell me who I am, so. Do you find that, like, people in your, like, real life have a weird reaction to a bit, like, getting a bit of internet fame? Yes, definitely I would say so. How do they switch up? Um, I lost a lot of friends in the process. Yeah. Like, in what way? Like, they just, uh, I don't think that they, like, liked it or, like, appreciated it or maybe they wanted to be a part of it. I don't know. <coughs> Jealousy is a disease and some people get sick. Do you think that people in fashion look down a bit on influencers? Um, honestly, yes, in the wrong way, but I feel like we're now making like a name for ourselves in the industry and we're creating that voice that was missing for a while. So I never want it to look like I'm doing something just for money. I want it to always look like it's very creatively freeing and like my voice is very clear throughout all of my outfits. So I try to keep it very consistent. An outfit is worth a thousand words, but he's talking about sponsored posts and stuff, which is done for money. 
Chatterbox Lacey Tanner is mega ready to sell out. So tonight, I'm a big fan of Pretty Little Thing, have been. I'm integrating a lot of their clothes onto my TikTok, Undiscovered TikTok Star. So today I was going for a bit of a 60s go-go look, which, you know, it's a little bit different from the traditional thing, but Pretty Little Thing loves to include color, so. Okay, Lacey. Let's trend forecast. If you don't know, gloves are the newest trend for fall. I think leg warmers are adorable, and there's a total niche for that of people who adore, you know, leg warmers. Berlin or Bushwick? I think they give off similar energy, but Bushwick has more Dunkin' Donuts, so I love that. <laughs> Two shots of espresso on ice. Most fashionable thing to eat is a strawberry donut with sprinkles. Next, I talked to Tiana Taylor's parents. I want our listeners to know that you are a matching as a couple right now. My boyfriend won't match with me. Do you have any advice for guys like my boyfriend that are too embarrassed to match their lady? Guys like your boyfriend need to get on board. They don't know the saying, happy wife, happy life. Hear that, Chris? That's right, Chris. You better get on board because somebody else will match with this beautiful lady. Chris and I broke up. Um, We've literally got influencers scaling the fucking walls to see this show. Hi guys, it's Meg again. They will not let me leave to smoke a cigarette at the Pretty Little Thing show. There's a horde of people outside the show trying to get in. Nobody can get in. Everybody looks famous. Everybody looks hot. Nobody looks cool. And I can't get a fucking cigarette, despite the fact that it's New York City Fashion Week. So I'm just drinking more and more Syrah, not getting my cigarette, can't do the show for shit because I was too busy interviewing random fucking influencers. And now I'm here wandering around the great bar mitzvah hall of Pretty Little Thing. That's fashion show is, is like the same experience that you have online. Shopping fast fashion, it's vague, it's weird, it's vacant. And it's somehow completely accessible and completely unrelatable. Ultimately, addiction wins. I ditched the show, exiting past PLT's crowd of artificially beautiful teenagers. I jump on the M train and route to my next destination, the Office Magazine Party. It's only 9pm and everyone's already crawling to Brooklyn nightclub staple. Baby's alright. Punks, you have your mosh pits. Fashion girls, we have getting our way into the fucking club. Desperate and on the verge of tears, I call my producer, Sam. Yeah, good luck getting into that shit. So I decide to talk to the crowd. Can you just like, can you describe what the Baby's Alright is like to our listeners and not from New York? It is like the airport at Kabul. <laughs> it is like the Kabul airport. We are all trying to get in. I find some people I actually know. What brings you to this impossible party tonight? One, two, three. Miss Madeline! The entourage squeezes in, but I'm still elbowing my way through the sea of desperate fashion victims. Finally, I see my Prince Charming, a tall Danish man outside the club doors, watching the chaos unfold. It's the editor-in-chief of Office himself, and my boss for this week, Simon. You want to get in? Yes, I do want to get in, Simon. Simon yanks me into the club, and I beeline for Miss Madeline, pop star and performer for the night. How many angry texts have you gotten thus far? Because the part, the crowd outside is crazy. So fucking many, and I got yelled at too. The inside of the party is empty right now. Understand that Madeline and I are standing in an empty nightclub with hundreds of people outside trying to get in. But I get it. The bouncers are totally overwhelmed. Stop pushing women. 
It's Club Eat. Comprised of Chicken and Ren, it's New York City's hottest nightclub music duo. It looks epic. It's very warm and um, glowy. Um, I'm wearing a wife beater from Amazon, vintage denim shorts, vintage denim jacket. Has some boots I got off Depop. Nothing Love notable. It. I but really it, the jacket is so good. And what about you, Chicken? What are you wearing tonight? I'm wearing this Gildan polo shirt and um, and these sweatpants. Well, I'm happy the talent's happy, but moi, it smells like cheap vodka, but it doesn't smell like body odor yet, so the party's probably just getting started. Finally, partiers are trickling in from the clogged up Williamsburg Street. A fellow podcaster and radio host describes the scene for us. Ooh, okay, well, I see a hot girl walking through right now with a crop top, and she's partnered right next to a guy who has some fishnets and a fierce leather jacket. So I would definitely say that there's kind of a mix and mingle of all different types of crowds. You bet you know how Brooklyn is, or if you don't, then you should definitely get involved with it. How old do you think the oldest person here is? Ooh. Well, I feel like age is just a number, but if I would have to say the oldest and most fabulous person here, maybe in like their late 40s, I'd say realistically the crowd is like a early, you know, mid-20s to, you know, early 30s. I find a really nice DJ and ask him about the fashion scene's bastardization of the rave scene. Fashion is commercial and mainstream and rave scene is underground, so it's like they can never clash. But fashion loves it and fashion wants it so bad. Yeah, and they... So they'll be late every time, but we'll be like two steps ahead. So. Lately, the big party trend in New York is to label everything a rave. In the underground, what comes first? Music or fashion? You see the drip. You see the vibes. I hate to go DJ Khaled on it. You look lovely tonight, too. I hope you know Can that. you describe my outfit for the listeners? Okay, so it's very dazzly. It's giving Bootsy Collins mixed with, like, Prince. It's giving vibes. Like, it's heavy. And then her ears poking out of her hair, giving a nice little, like, elven vibe, a medieval look. The makeup looks good. Did you do your makeup yourself? I always do my makeup. Wow, you should be a makeup artist, honestly. I'm flattered. But for the record, I'm wearing a gold lame ports jumpsuit, no top hat. Next, I chased down an interview with some guests of honor. Claremont Swims, you already fucking know. Okay, for our listeners, can you describe your looks for us tonight? It's going very much rich bitch, high class hooker. I asked the twins what's chicer. Water or coffee, what's chicer? Water, keep that pussy in water. And are they having fun at the office party? Such a vibe, super lit, nice colors, good music, a lot of our friends, yeah. Just... What's, last question, what's your tip to like a baby little 16 year old desperate to make it in New York City? What's your tip? Don't give a fuck what no one thinks, strive and work towards your goal. I shove my way through the crowd just as Davey Sosa takes the stage and find Gabriel Held. He's a popular vintage archivist and lifelong New Yorker. And he deaf knows a thing or two about how to be that bitch. Are you New York or nothing? Uh, yeah, I will die here. So I have lived here since it was all empty lots and scrap metal yards and all that bullshit. To me, it's a little sad that it's become so, uh, Sax Goldman, um, Finance bros, uh, condos. Speaking of the finance bro invasion, we've talked about how fashion needs to subvert capitalism at the Drunken Canal party, but I found the perfect representation of the other side of the aisle tonight. The guys I chat with next give insightful intrigue on everything that fashion owes to money. 
Uh, we have a lot of money, so we fund it. You work at, how do you end up at a fashion league party as someone that works in finance? Uh, with one of my fraternity brothers. If you're picturing Brett Easton Ellis characters, you're correct. I'm pretty much as straight as you could be. How can you be as straight as straight can be? Think when you get. Well, I guess you're asking the right person. My end game is I think if you get a wife that you really connect to, you make her your best friend. You know that'll always make sure the sh the seas are never too wavy. The really cool thing about money is you can always afford a better brothel. Oh my God! What's the best city to get a to visit a brothel in? Oh, Amsterdam for sure. It's not a city; it's a country. It's a city. What outfit do you wear to a brothel? Nothing. You just show up naked to the brothel? I, I was going to say plaid. Plaid? Plaid. Why do you wear plaid to a brothel? I think if you match it with a nice white shirt, it just screams, I'm ready to come off. McQueen did do a plaid collection called Highland Rape in 1995. I asked these guys how they feel about this generation's newest trend. Socialism. I mean, I do think that it's a little bit arrogant, arrogant to, uh, you know, disrespect where your roots are, where the money that's funding the operation is coming from. Railroads, oil, and steel. Would you rather be an industrialist or a fashion designer? An industrialist. Okay, why? That's where the money is. And that matters because... Money is a representation of how much value you provide to society. That might be true on the Upper East Side, but at a party full of passionate young people who are desperate just to get in, I think he may be oversimplifying things. But he does have me thinking that the sentiment that fashion needs a return to exclusivity is probably correct. We're not at Polo Lounge. Is that Bushwick? Like, like in Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn, okay. This is literally my first time coming to Brooklyn. In your entire life? In, I grew up in New York City, and in my entire life, this is the first time. Are you scared? Yeah, this guy has nothing to be scared of besides the IRS and a Me Too call out. Being a wealth criminal or being a canceled fashion designer? Definitely canceled fashion designer. Cheaper than a wealth criminal. No a way. wealth criminal? You never heard that term before? I'm assuming that's white collar crime, right? Like No, it's people that are so rich that it's like fucked up to society. Oh, wealth criminal then. I, I'm related to a guy who definitely would have been considered a wealth criminal. Do you have a trust fund? Yeah. Is that terrible? Terrible? No. I live in New York. I have tons of friends that are fake homeless and have trust funds. But is it telling? Absolutely. They didn't serve drinks at boarding school. So. What boarding school? Uh, Phillips Exeter. How old are you? I'm 19. You have a fake ID. Of course. That's a federal crime. I really envy his immovable confidence that he belongs. I'd consider myself fashionable. Why? Because I've been asked multiple times if I wanted to model and said no. Hey, I've never said no to a fraudling gig. That's free modeling. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I just saw Simon and I just saw Johan. So these are people I know. When I came here, my boyfriend's foot is broken and they kept stepping on it. So we gotta fucking go. I have on all Telfar, obviously. I need to go home too. But I can't resist waxing poetic about Fashion Week with some party stragglers. Just reminding us, like, how we used to be, like how things used to be, like how, like 
things moved fast, like how many yeah. events there were, how many people. Sometimes things just come with time. Like if you don't, you if you can't get into a party, sometimes just like chalk it up. Like you're gonna live and you're gonna meet people, and then like a couple of years later, you're just gonna like fucking someone's gonna invite you to that shit. And you're gonna walk to the front. Just like the vivacity, like everybody just trying their best and like just like going out there and like it's like it brings out people that like usually stay at home, like me. You just yeah. gotta project your image and then go in there and have a great time. Do you think that fantasy <laughs> is bullshit or do you think fantasy is no, fantasy is like what keeps everything running? Listen, I'll be the first to admit that I love a bender. And the office party night Thursday is like a Midwestern Friday. And if any teenagers are listening, don't try this at home. Wait for Fashion Week. Friday, I blow through a few more shows and reach our first big stop in fashion's favorite neighborhood, Soho. I spend my evening at three events, all within 10 minutes of one another, even traveling in my pumps. First up is Helmet Lang, the iconic 90s brand, which is famous for, well, minimalism. Right now, it's a lot of like minimalist clothing. It's what does the crowd look like? Be honest. Yeah. Okay. Yo, it's so fire. I'm about to like start doing, lick my fingertips and doing circle tips on the champagne glass to make a song. The guy getting inspired by all the free drinks is named Yoga. Next, enter Crush, a super chill guy that I keep running into. Uh, you know, I was just cooking on the door. And did you re did you reject a lot of people? Uh, no. I mean, it's just all about being nice. Do you think it's cooler to be a model or a DJ? Uh, yeah, for sure. So, Crush says that it's not that tough to get in. And no one demonstrated that better than the guy I find falling off a bench next to half a dozen empty champagne glasses. And guess what? He works in finance. with Nick. And what brings you to the event? I love the event. Fabulous. What does it look like? For me, it's like, um, you know, it's a splash of colors and like a very uh, chic. Very New chic. York, very chic New York. Love Hamptons. Hamptons almost like my second home. Splash of blue, splash of purple. You know, you never know. Gays like me love purple. Fab. I move on to Dece Escobar, a New York it girl and member of the popular party collective Club Glam. She's also a DJ for this helmet laying event. I'm like only focused on shopping and like making money around this time. Dece is absolutely a part of the mix. She actually might be the girl mixing the mix. She's supposed to be here. But I asked nightlife photographer Quentin, what's up with all the randos? Kids who think everyone is their peer. Back in the day, we knew we weren't their peers and we were still trying to get in and it was like, there was like a hierarchy. There's no more hierarchy. There's no more rudeness at the door. There's no more like, absolutely not. You're not getting into this thing. You know, everyone's everywhere and it kind of kills it for me. He's got a point. Door drama is kind of a party must. Crush is not delivering. Now, I've been kicked out of some of the best parties in the planet. Well, I used to have a little bit of a adult problem. I got kicked out of a party once because I was nodding off, like, on a member of the Strokes. People act disgusting during this week. I once tried to take a picture of the Olsen twins at LeBain, and Mary-Kate Olsen tried to fight me. She came up to me, she said, do you know who the fuck I am? I was like, yeah, I thought you were a human being. 
I walk by an empty V-Files, a remnant of fashion weeks past, get ambushed by a street-style photographer, which is flattering and I pose, and finally find La Ropa. They are the youngest brand I've ever seen open a full-fledged store in Soho. Business Navens? Maybe. I am a really good person and I love doing tie-dye. More especially, I love life. But we're more than fashion, we're a, life, we're a lifestyle. Okay, what lifestyle? The La Ropa life, baby. We are the, the, the people who are about to change streetwear forever, again. We ain't, none of us got any college degrees, got any investors, no backing. It's just us. We're completely independent. We just got our third store on Broadway in New York City. Stop we about to change it. We got to show everybody that you don't need to go to college to do this. You don't need to be rich to do this. All you need is hard work and dedication, and you can have a store on Broadway too. You know, if you can't afford it, then it pushes you away, but it just sort of separates who really wants it and who really doesn't. I know. I'm letting LA Fairfax streetwear bros basically yell at you during a New York City chic fashion week podcast. But trust me, I think we may be onto something here. Really basic three couple words, uh, New York is coming back. It's just that simple, you know, New, New York is coming back. Hood by Air, Telfar, Vicara, Luar, Eckhouse, Lada. None of them have ever made it to brick and mortar like this. Fashion loves to be pretentious and live in the past, but maybe it's time we get with the youth. Lots of dreadlocks, like a bunch of sexy people, like pink, a big, huge dicks everywhere. Um, really great music, amazing music. Thanks, Nick Haddad. And guess what? Ada Blue, one of my favorite models in New York, has just strutted into the event. You know what La Ropa is? Who? Europa. It's the party we're at. Uh, no, not really. She mostly wears her own designs, and tonight is especially epic. I think it's just like a renaissance hoe. A renaissance hoe with a pixie cut, the world's longest legs, and a scrappy puppy underneath her arm. Mm, to be fair, it's not really my thing, fashion way. Jobs, I just feel like they'll like, take my soul in a way. I hope you can speak supermodel, or you may not understand. And none of you are going to understand what follows next, but it's totally worth including. It's self-proclaimed runway coach extraordinaire, Dexter Ivy. Here with two models from Japan. Um, their name is Selena, and the other one is um, Haku. Your walk is your best accessory. Um, one time I got cast for um, American Next Top Model, but it was between two of us, so I couldn't go because they already had signed a contract with Jay Alexander. Um, you tell me a design you like, I walk just like that designer's collection. The walk is all about your shoulders back, your head is forward, and when you walk, you walk regular. But always remember, tall models stretch up and walk, short models stretch out. Models don't listen. Um, even some of the best top models have fell on their face on the runway because they're not listening. And when you make a bullshit collection, I literally get up and walk out the show. And a lot of times when we have a toxic environment, it's not that we move away from the toxic. You have to understand the toxic of the environment to make it positive. I understand the toxic of my environment. And I make it positive by ditching Dexter Ivy. I find myself outside the R13 party and yet another stupid line so that VIPs have someone to pass by as they walk in. 
But I actually have a really cute time talking to hot girls behind the velvet ropes. We can't get in because we're poor and not important. Meeting g Easy in a club and him <laughs> saying no to a photo, even though I thought it would be really funny. Or my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend cheated on him with g Easy. The rest of the plebes behind the velvet ropes are a bit more angry. It doesn't feel good. It feels like we're sardines in a can and probably is very dangerous. I'm kind of embarrassed to be here. I don't know. It seems like they um, overextended the invite list. I feel like everybody here is very hot and cute and sexy and cunty and it's not helping anybody. There's certainly a lot of guys inside who are like coming outside to pull in their brodies. Yo, so it's my man Dorian. He got invited in. He's on a list. He's, uh, he's, it's, 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 it's I never thought I was going to get in, but now it's embarrassing. So I'll talk to anyone. I'm a lawyer and I represent fashion companies. I mean, so I've been in a lot of fashion bullshit lawsuits. The company that owns Victoria's Secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Victoria's Secret used to make a bra that would make your boobs look two sizes well, bigger, yeah, yeah, yeah. the bombshell. Yeah. And one of our suppliers sued us for patent infringement. So we had to prove in court that a bra size is like a meaningless term because every company does it differently. So did you have to have like real models and shit in the courtroom? No, but we did get an expert who was like the world's biggest expert on bras. Like a he, boob expert? A bra expert. Pretty I guess close. he's a boob expert too. He's like this 75-year-old guy from England. At this point, the police start pulling up and douchebags that I would normally never talk to start pouring out. Uh, I did coke with Kate Moss once in the bathroom. Who do you think the oldest person at the party is tonight? Like, how old are they? Tonight, Naomi Campbell. She seems super single. Is she in the party? Yeah. There's no fucking way Naomi Campbell was there. Everyone's saying they're on the guest list. People walking up automatically like they're on the list, but they look basic as fuck. I've seen people try to run in and just dodge the, dodge the bodyguards. Yeah, that's crazy. Trying to get into the R13 party was like trying to park a car in New York City. So it's very Soho street garage chic. It has declined over the years, and I'm sure that the pandemic has contributed to that as well. The past year has definitely taken a toll on the fashion industry. A lot of people have said that the pause could be a much needed reset for an industry moving far too fast to keep up with itself. I can barely keep up with myself, but I still feel lucky to be here. At Imitation of Christ, dancers parade clothes around an actual Buddhist monk at St. Mark's Church. At Puppets and Puppets, models with cheese wheels on their head and tinsel around their neck stomp by me. At Sandy Lang, I get hit on by Kei and then ditch the line before the show can even start. At Cafe Forgot, a downtown IT boutique, I model a psychedelic club look and pink wig for the band slash clothing label Come Girl 8. 15-year-old me would die for this shit, and I'm still kind of dying for it. You've been hearing about and from the crowds, but I want to explain how it feels inside of a fashion show. Everyone's all stressed out and angry and antsy, and once the horde makes it past the nerve-wracking name checks from the iPad people into their assigned seats, a hush falls across the room. The lights dim and then start swirling. Music booms through the venue and the models immediately pound down the runway. Stylishly manicured hands hold up iPhones and everyone's heads get whiplash going back and forth as anywhere from 20 to 100 looks fly by in just a few minutes. I get goosebumps every time. Then, in a flash, the designer comes out and before the applause can even fade out, all those people that fought so hard for their spots inside are kicking over their chairs and literally sprinting out the door to whatever a big event's next on their agenda. I can only keep up this pace for so long. 
but like a good little fashion girl, every day I've stuffed my beat up feet into heels and scurried to the designer clusterfuck. Obvi I couldn't get into Moschino, or The Proenza Show, or Willie Chavria, or Christian Cowan, or Pierre Moss, or even Michael Kors. But nothing that amazed hits the American runways if you ask me anyways. Maybe the hype really was the novelty of the return of the runway, not the clothes on them. My last big show is the Late Night Loire show. Everyone remotely cool or downtown was dying for the New York label's comeback collection. I trudged to Brooklyn, carry myself over a bridge across a trash scrapyard and a funnel into a warehouse type space packed with it people. I find solace in Henry, a friend with a great Met Gala story. And we were talking about how fab it is to be the plus one, because when you're the plus one, you can sort of be like, fuck you to everything and wear whatever you want and be like random and cute. And you have no pressure on yourself. And then it ends up being like the fiercest thing ever. Do you have any really good plus one stories, like at a crazy party you got into by being a plus one? There was the Met Ball that I got into as a plus one once. So yeah, the cool. actual Met Ball or an after party? The actual Met Ball. What was it like? It was really amazing. What it did was, you wear? I wore a stolen suit and stolen pumps. From Stolen from where? Stolen from someone who won't be named, but it was a major moment and it's major to be a plus one. Do you think people in fashion wear a lot of stolen shit? Yes. Fashion is all about stealing shit, I feel like. I wish I could steal Henry's energy. Loire was like a pep rally. Everyone cheering as New York celebrities and models stomped by us. But I was too tired to join in. I lingered on the outskirts like a loser band kid in my shitty fur coat. I forgot rule number one at Fashion Week. Decide that you're meant to be in the room. Dejected AF, for the first night all week, I didn't even go out. But after a much-needed beauty rest, I pull myself back out for the Sedition magazine release. I get the 411 on Fashion Week fiascos from one of the magazine's editors, creative genius Lana J. Lackley. She'd been at our 13th shit show as well. We see a Tesla pull up with two security, security guards. They get out. I thought for sure it was a rapper. A real celebrity. A real celebrity. And then pops out. Two children, fully dressed in chrome hearts. Why did they have security guards if they weren't celebrities? <laughs> because they looked really easy to kill. As the week finally starts to wrap up, I let myself get dragged to One Oak for the MTV VMA after party. And guess what? I get ditched outside for Hari Neff due to limited capacity. Called Jarlos 420, I'm in 2015 again. So I've attended like 30 events this week, but the one event I've never even considered trying to scam, the Met Gala. For the first time, it's aligned with Fashion Week due to pandemic scheduling. My producer, Sam, and I decide to meet up and attempt to crash. I meet Meg at Cafe Select a couple hours before the Met Gala to reflect over the week. I tell Meg how confused I've been listening through all the audio of her little odyssey. I've always thought Fashion Week was a huge flex by the greatest minds in fashion, which it is, but it's also a glorified festival for New York scene kids and celebrity transplants. I basically just took you through downtown Coachella, and I'm miserable, but most people that work in fashion are. We just can't kick it. 
For fashion industry adjacent New Yorkers, the Met Gala is my friend Maddie Hayes, hand sewing a couture dress for Kobe Bryant's daughter in her Brooklyn apartment. Sick with COVID, working 16 hour days in heels and her underwear. Bloody hands to get the dress on the celebrity on the carpet for the camera. Once we get outside the gala, you'd expect to hear screaming fans, camera flashes, stressed out publicists. But here's the first thing we heard. Stand up like that. In America, equal pay under attack. What do you do? Stand up, fight back. Y'all enjoy your little fancy ass fashion show. Amongst the fans waiting to see their favorite celebrities walking to the gala, we find a crowd of protesters blocking Fifth Avenue. Uh, we're upset that the Met Gala is charging $35,000 a ticket, and we're watching celebrities display their wealth and greed in the middle of a homelessness crisis, in the middle of losing our unemployment, in the middle of a civil rights movement. It seems insensitive, it seems ridiculous, and I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of it. For them to do this is just such a slap in the face. You guys aiming to like shut down the street? I mean, we just did. Uh, a protest broke out about uh, maybe 10 minutes ago. Um, there's a police blockade right now. And do you think any cars are gonna get through? No. All week, everyone has been celebrating the return of regular fashion programming. Maybe the Met's America-themed fashion exhibit and debut party aimed to be a grand reopening. But groups from We the People NYC, Crown Heights NSW, the Stonewall protests, and Abolition NYC are trying to remind everyone that things got a lot worse for most people during the pandemic. The theme of the Met Gala is in America, and we are talking about all that's going wrong in America. Um, used to be able to go to the Met Gala for um, drinks and cocktails back in the 1990s. So that's when they kind of let real people in. It was much more uh, inviting and for New Yorkers and just people who love fashion. And you could buy a ticket for $150. Soon after, a confrontation in the streets broke out between protesters and the police. And we heard this. If you remain in the roadway and refuse to utilize the sidewalk, you will be placed under arrest and charged with disorderly conduct. This is all happening in the foreground of one of the most beautiful buildings in New York, a couple hundred feet from the red carpet where screaming fans begin to overpower the shouts of the protesters. We were walking to see if we can get a glimpse of like the Met Gala, like the looks and everything, but yeah, same. We, no. as we were walking, yeah, yeah. like we were walking nearing, we saw, kept hearing like yelling. So we were like, oh, we're getting closer yeah, to the red carpet, you know? <laughs> and then as we like got actually close, like started hearing like what people were saying. Yeah, they were literally just all standing there in a group, like normal, just chanting, not doing anything else. And then all of a sudden the police just made an announcement like, if you stay in the street, like this you is illegal, you will get arrested. And they like, we're just like normal cops. And then a crowd of ones in riot gear walked up and they all had like these like zip, like packs of zip tie handcuffs like clipped to their belts ready to arrest people. The group was pretty small. Honestly, the police outnumbered them a minimum one to one. And I honestly did not like, the group dispersed off of the street pretty quickly after they were asked to. You know, like they were chanting, but they moved. Like when they were asked to, they moved and they moved to the sidewalk and let cars come through. Would you say it was a peaceful protest? I would yes. say it was a peaceful protest. It, it started getting violent when the police started getting They've violent because they were pushing. Like, like, look, you like, see them right
right there coming like, up with their batons and like headgear. Headgear, they pulled out of like a truck. It was like a pack of like zip ties to like arrest people. And the thing is too, like, I, I assure you. I haven't seen a protester throw anything. I haven't no, seen a protester no touch anyone. Anything. I haven't like, seen them even like nothing. The protesters aren't even like dressed for any, like not at all. Like they're literally just chanting. And the thing is like, this is the Met Gala. Like if you go down like two, two streets over, I assure you there's a group of people. They're like fans, like blocking the street, trying to get a glimpse of the celebrities, but they're not doing anything over there. The, and they don't even acknowledge it, especially with the theme being like in America. And they see these photos of celebrities and like beautiful gowns that are like making very blanket statements on social issues, yet literally a block away, like we can see the tent and the stairs, like this is happening. These people eat twice as much as we eat. We matter. The people matter. They're too busy coming to our neighborhoods for fame, popularity. We're buying their CDs. We're buying their clothesline. And what do we get in return from them? Garbage. Advertisement. I'm from the Boogie Down Bronx. The heart that don't sleep. PTP protect the motherfucking people. And the truth is, we're not safe out here. This is called terror. And it's running all over my heart. You know why? Because I know my brothers and sisters are not safe out here. Who are, who are they protecting and serving? Themselves. Their wallets. Their work, their jobs. A little fancy car. The protesters may have lost their ground, but for a moment, they obstructed the most exclusive event in the world. Sometimes we get in, and sometimes we don't. Some may say they don't care about fashion, but every day we all make a fashion choice when we go out into the world. Fashion is about how we present and protect ourselves. So, in a city like New York, we are always in public, always a stranger, and yet always a community member, what does it mean to fight for your look? And what does it mean to fight for your list spot or your front row seat? I think it means you love something. It's not politics, it's not quite sports, it's definitely not art. Fashion Week is fucked up, evil, compromising, risky, so fucking fun. And although I love labels, let's not label it. Just know that nothing beats the anticipation of getting to say that you were there. It's starting again soon, and I know we all wanna go badly. Who cares if you're invited? This has been an episode of Office Magazine Podcast, which is creative directed by Sam Niyami, that's me, and hosted by Meg Yates. It was produced and edited by myself, Meg Yates, and Neil Madala. It was engineered, sound edited, sound designed, and scored by Neil Madala. Special thanks to Simon Rasmussen, John Culver, and Willa Rudolph. This podcast is presented by Office Magazine and distributed by Acast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at Fashion Week.